Hello everyone, I'm your host Chris Dale from BeatDiabetesBlog.com. In this podcast, I want to talk about a very important and personal topic to me. Now, diabetes is increasing in both the US and worldwide population at an alarming rate. Some would say it's even an epidemic. Upwards of about one out of every two Americans will either be diabetic or pre-diabetic by 2025 with 70% of medical costs being attributed to being a derivative of either the disease of a stroke, heart attack, or kidney disease, things are really getting out of control. We need to get a grip on the levers that turn back this illness. This topic is personal to me because as I've shared with you before, I have type two diabetes. It's something I've toiled with for probably 10 to 15 years going through a phase of denial to ignoring responsibility to finally accepting it, owning up to it, here I am. And coming from a journalism background, I'm naturally inquisitive about how things work, especially in the body. I put in a solid 10 years studying health as a hobby and dabbling in it as a profession. Through my research, I've come across a number of practitioners who've dispelled myths about diabetes. I'll share with you now what I know. There are several types of diabetes, as you know. Most people distinguish there's a huge difference between type one and type two. I've heard of a type three that is more of a later stage conditional effect that harms the brain similar to the way the Alzheimer's slows down the brain. And then just the other day, someone told me that her son had 1.5, which is sort of an in-between stage. Pancreas is still producing insulin, but very slow amounts. So type 1 diabetics are usually considered the most serious because they are unable to produce insulin. Without insulin, the sugar rises in the blood and can get so high it's an emergency situation that can put them into a coma. Type 1s are generally diagnosed at a younger age, usually juveniles. They have a much tougher time reversing the disease because the pancreas basically shuts down. It takes a lot of work to regenerate the beta cells that have been lost, and it's likely they'll need some sort of outside insulin, even when they can reduce it with diet control. On the other end of the spectrum, type 2 constitutes 90% of diabetics and is labeled often as a lifestyle choice from poor eating habits of too much sugar, that's refined carbohydrates and fructose found in drinks like soda and juice. However, it's completely reversible. I'm living testament to that, and slowly doctors are seeing results from their patients. The reason that there's such a positive outcome from lowering sugar from breads, pastas, ice cream, and soda is because the main organ responsible for controlling sugar is not the pancreas, but rather the liver. This master organ controls a hormone called insulin-like growth factor. It gets released when you're not eating to raise blood sugar. It's been found that the liver does a 100 times the output in blood sugar regulation than insulin. When you focus on stripping stored sugar in the form of glycogen from the fatty liver, even just focusing an extra 20%, improving the intake of liver-loving foods and restricting junk foods, you can improve diabetes by taking 80% of the pressure off the pancreas. Imagine the liver as an overinflated balloon stuffed full of sugar. 
Adding more sugar is certainly not going to improve the situation. But that's what diabetes drugs like metformin do. They artificially drive insulin and sugar into the liver harder. It eventually has to turn into fat and consequently gets pushed back into the bloodstream. Ever wonder why people have to keep increasing the dosage and potency of their medications? It's not a good model to increase health. By masquerading as a solution through lowering blood sugar, by masquerading as a solution through lowering blood sugar, the body never deals with the real problem of too much sugar. Sugar must be burned off and not replenished at such a high rate. Fortunately, there are other methods to work with to help diabetes patients lessen the damage being done. In the last 20 years or so, there's been an increase in pharmaceutical drugs created. If you watch TV, you've likely seen a few this year. There's currently about 15 FDA-approved drugs on the market. Some attack the problem in different ways. One class changes the way the gut absorbs carbohydrates. Some exacerbate the excretion of sugar through the urine. Some still are just straight insulin. They claim to be improvements, and some have reduced risk from cardiovascular disease. But none of them have been around long enough to prove that they reverse the disease completely. The long-term effects through neuropathy, blindness, and gangrene still haunt patients. Another solution is bariatric surgery. This therapy has proven to have some amazing results, provided that the diabetic is at a point they choose to either place a lap band around their stomach or surgically reduce the size of the valve of it is to prevent foodstuffs from entering at a rate that led to the disease. Provided that the diabetic is at a point where they choose to either place a lap band around their stomach or either surgically reduce the size of the valve in the stomach to prevent foodstuffs from entering at a rate that led to the disease. Research curated in the recently released book, The Diabetes Code by Dr. Jason Fung, shows that the procedure does lower A1C, which is the average of blood sugars over a three-month period. Plus, they get a significant weight loss. With the side effects, associated with surgery and permanent restriction on enjoying regular size meals, it might deter some from moving forward. And that brings me to the last option, dealing with the actual types of food the diabetic chooses to eat. Also important in the equation is the frequency of the meals. Switching the quality of food from junky or fast food to whole unprocessed is the first step. Paying attention to the macronutrient content is essential. Meals high in carbohydrates, aside from low glycemic raw veggies, should be avoided altogether. Adopting to either a paleo or newer and improved ketogenic diet stops diabetes. In the 90s and 2000s, eating fat was thought to be the cause of weight gain. With that philosophy, food manufacturers replaced fat with carbohydrates which quickly turned into sugar, and many of us ended up overloading ourselves with sugar, which in turn leads to a fatty liver and diabetes. Switching up the macros to rely on satisfying fat in high quantities upwards of 70% a day alleviates this problem. 
What also helps is that by eating more fat, we can go longer without meals. Completely ditching snacks, some people think that they have to nibble on something every two hours or they might break down. We save ourselves from an insulin response, thus eliminating the roller coaster of blood sugar highs and lows throughout the day. Going further, when one is in a diseased state of diabetes, fasting has returned to us as an answer. Used for thousands of years by billions of people for religious and healing modalities, it's been thoroughly tested on the human species, whether it's an extended fast or shorter bouts of intermittent fasting. It works similar to the way that bariatric surgery does, but without the cinching or cutting. We've come a long way in the last half century and may need to look back a couple millenniums to rediscover what works best for reversing disease. I've taken you down a path to better understanding a frighteningly common disease, diabetes. We've examined the different types of diabetes from type 1 to type 2 to the emerging type 3 and how each of them work and which organs are in play in regulating blood sugar. I told you about the various treatments from the past, their impacts on the body and their shortcomings. And finally, I've shared with you about the healing power of the ancient tradition of fasting and how it's arguably as effective or even better in permanently reversing or improving the disease. I hope you all learned something from this talk today that you can take away, share this information that I have gathered on the subject over the years form for my own curiosity to discover health and wellness, also as a personal necessity to heal myself naturally. Share this with a friend or family member. Diabetes can be beaten. It's happening now. Thank you so much for listening and listen out for my next podcast.